All right, Anthony, on our podcast, um, sad breaking news here. We just learned that the drummer for the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins, was found dead at the age of 50, far too young. Here are all the details that we have at this hour. Uh, the Foo Fighters were on tour. They were in South America for a, um, a Lollapalooza gig that they were set to headline on Sunday. Uh, Taylor was found in his hotel room dead, according to the Los Angeles Times. No further information has been given. Um, of course, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of speculation. Uh, we do know that Taylor OD'd of, uh, from heroin in 2001. So there is a history of drug use, although there has been no sort of indication of any drug use since then. Um, he's been the drummer for the Foo Fighters for years before that. He got his uh, major break with Alanis Morissette, drumming on her huge debut album. Uh, the Foo Fighters are out right now touring and also promoting their film Studio 666, which was just released, which was the acting debut outside of their music videos for most of the guys in the band he leaves behind his wife allison uh his son oliver shane and two little girls annabelle and everly aside from the foo fighters uh teller hawkins had two side projects currently going chevy metal his cover band and teller hawkins and the coattail riders uh, the Foo Fighters did release a statement here. We'll put that up on the screen for you guys. For those of you that are watching, it reads, Foo Fighters family is devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His music spirit and infectious laughter will live on with all of us forever. Our hearts will go out to his wife, children, and family. We ask that their privacy be treated with the utmost respect in his unimaginable, in this unimaginable difficult time truly truly sucks um i don't know many people that weren't somewhat of a fan of the foo fighters and of course dave grohl and taylor hawkins uh were the major uh the two major points of that band i mean that's a mega powerhouse band uh to begin with uh with a lot with pat smear and a lot of just you know great artists in that group uh, but uh, the two mouthpieces uh, in recent years were Taylor Hawkins, for sure. And, of course, Dave Grohl. And uh, think about Dave Grohl. I mean, Jesus, this is the second massive tragedy in his life. The first, obviously, being with his first band, Nirvana, and losing Kurt Cobain. And uh, imagine getting that second opportunity. Um, he talked about this a lot during the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. Uh, when the Foo Fighters were inducted just a few years ago about how he had this amazing opportunity to have a second chance in rock and roll with a great band like the Foo Fighters coming off of Nirvana and the tragic loss of Kurt Cobain. And uh, now we're sitting here just uh, a few years later and he's got another tragic loss on his hands uh, with the loss of drummer Taylor Hawkins. Again, uh, dead at the age of 50. There is not a lot of details out right now, uh, but as we said, according to the Los Angeles Times, we know, well, according to everybody, we know that the band was down there for Lollapalooza. They were headlining on Sunday, and according to the Los Angeles Times, he was found dead in his hotel room. They are currently staying in Bogota, Colombia. So just to recap, 
Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins found dead at the age of 50, according to the Los Angeles Times, in his hotel room down in Bogota, Colombia. Um, he leaves behind his wife, Allison, three children, Oliver, Shane, Annabelle, and Everly. Foo Fighters are out on tour and, of course, promoting their film, Studio 66. Uh, Taylor is not without a drug history. He overdosed on heroin back in 2001, although, as I've said, uh, no indications are that he was struggling whatsoever um, at the moment. It is a huge bummer uh, all around. Very sad and tragic. Uh, we'll go through and we'll read uh, some of the reaction on the uh, internet right now, but uh, everybody chiming in with crying faces. Uh, this is very sad, incredibly sad. R.I.P. Taylor. Um, lots of uh, lots of just uh, oof, that's tough. I you know it's it's interesting too because I just recently uh, watched the Alanis Morissette documentary that was on hbo max i want to say and uh it was so enlightening across the board and I, you know i knew that taylor was in that group um that he was part of the uh the dynamic of alanis building that first band you know she recorded that whole record jagged little pill which just exploded everywhere and then it was like came time for her to go out and perform so she had to sort of build a band from scratch and Taylor was the drummer that she selected in that band because it was a big deal to leave the biggest artist of the time um, with such a huge opportunity there to go off and join a group uh, with the drummer from Nirvana um, and start down from scratch. So he literally went from playing like, you know, Wembley Stadium and these huge arenas and stadiums to playing like bars you know with dave grohl who you know now it seems like oh you know of course the you know it's the foo fighters are the biggest rock band in the world but you know when he joined the group they, they were absolutely not you know dave grohl was starting from nothing he really really was starting from nothing he had a little bit of you know he had a little bit of recognition after coming out of nirvana obviously um, but not much. So that was a huge leap for Taylor Hawkins and one that paid off, uh, obviously, very, very well for everybody involved because the Foo Fighters just hung around. And it, it, they started at a time when rock was waning, again, coming off of Kurt Cobain and then that boy band era of the late 90s. And they just kind of hung around and they always had two or three great radio hits off of each one of their records on top of it being a great rock record you know all of their releases and you know as we've seen in the last couple of years they've just they've been experimenting with the bg stuff and all this kind of off the wall wacky shit but it always worked they never lost fans you know you hear a lot of bands like oh i wish we go back to the old days a lot of fans always kind of say that about groups you didn't really hear a lot of that with the foo fighters you know they kind of were able to experiment and do different things and never really lose a step you know they were they they never really they just never lost a step um and i certainly found dave Grohl to be quite entertaining in most of his interviews uh taylor the same way they've done a lot of interviews together 
They always played off each other well. I thought they could have done a podcast. They could have been radio hosts. Uh, but, of course, you wouldn't go down to that level if you're huge rock stars, which they both were. So um, it's absolutely, absolutely uh, devastating. Uh, very, very upsetting all around. Um, some reaction coming in here uh, from across the, the globe of you know, rock stars. Uh, Dream Theater drummer Mike Portnoy says, and I quote here, I've always had so much admiration for him. Um, producer Steve Albini, uh, Nickelback even, Phineas also sharing tributes to Hawkins, saying amazing drummer, a gem of a guy who was always fun to be around. Um, you know, again, I didn't know Taylor from a hole in the wall, but I've watched enough of his interviews and his behind the scenes interactions to know he was a fun guy, interesting dude, you know, always laughing, always making jokes, always having fun. You look at any of those interviews that uh, Taylor and Dave aren't together or even that just Taylor is doing. And um, he seemed like a wonderful guy. And whenever you lose somebody at 50, that is absolutely tragic, especially when you're leaving behind a wife and, and three young children. Um, you know, it's devastating. It's really, really devastating. Um, no word on what is going to happen. I mean, obviously, I would count on the Foo Fighters not playing. Um, although we've, you know, we've seen some things from bands. You know, I remember the Dave Matthews band went out and played the day that their saxophonist, Leroy Moore, died. Um, obviously, the Stones uh, just, you know, the tragedy of losing Charlie. They're continuing on with their tour. Uh, but two days, I don't know if they'll continue. Uh, although who knows? Maybe they'll have nothing else to do but play. That's the thing sometimes with groups and, you know, musicians. Sometimes they don't know how to express themselves or react or handle a situation other than to pick up an instrument and play. So um, I'm not exactly sure what will happen on Sunday. Uh, we'll keep our eye on it. And, of course, obviously with this being a massive story, I'm sure... Uh, we're going to be finding out some more information as we go, uh, but no other information is available right now. Just the fact that um, he passed and uh, was found in his room, uh, Taylor Hawkins dying at the age of 50. Um, let me see here. Some reaction coming in. Unloved records met uh taylor and dave back on the foos tour in 1996 or 97 he later corrected himself um beat my drum just logged on and had just seen the news i'm in total shock and as a fellow drummer absolutely heartbroken yeah let's talk about that uh one of the toughest shoes to fill i mean again like i said you're coming off you know he came off of alanis morissette's tour that 1990 whatever tour of jagged little pill and again biggest artist in the world came off of that to join the foo fighters who were just playing clubs to a hundred people you know not the tens and twenty thousand people that alanis was playing for and he did that to get behind the kit of one of the younger greatest rock drummers going at the time, Dave Grohl. Like, just imagine that leap. I'm leaving the biggest artist in the world to go play behind a guy who was the 
drummer for the biggest band of the world just a few years prior. And he had to sit behind Dave Grohl. And, you know, if you have ever read interviews or you ever saw interviews with them, Taylor took a lot of shit in those early Foo Fighter days of people asking like, hey, what's it like to play behind the greatest rock drummer or one of the great rock drummers going today? And, you know, so he always had to answer those questions. It's just not an easy place to be in. But like I said, they just kind of put their head down and worked and created just great music all around, never disappointed, always played great shows, big shows. And uh, the Foo Fighters became arguably uh, one of the bigger rock bands over the last 20 some odd years. And that was evident in the fact that in their first uh, available year to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And it was only a year or two removed from Dave Grohl going in with Nirvana uh, going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that just goes to show you the amount of respect. And then, you know, again, talking about respect for Paul McCartney to come down and, you know, willfully induct them into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you have one of the greatest rock musicians ever, you know, giving you that blessing of bringing you into the Hall of Fame. Eh, that's huge. The, the, there is no hierarchy. You know, it doesn't get any bigger than that. Um, so uh, what a hell of a career. And that just makes it all the more of a tragic loss to, you know, come to find the news that uh, Taylor Hawkins has passed at the age of 50. But even just, you know, you just look at his playing style. And again, like I said, he had to fill the shoes of Dave Grohl and did it. You know, was able to play as good as Dave Grohl while also introducing his own flair and style and letting everybody become accustomed to that. And, you know, you look at the guy and you're like, no wonder the guy was a twig. I mean, he, he was probably burning 6,000 calories a night behind that drum kit the way he worked. You know, he just worked so hard, just constantly at it and playing and never took a song off. I mean, honestly, you know, there was that... Uh, whole thing with uh, Phelps there, the swimmer years ago about Michael Phelps and how much he eats in a day because of how many calories he burns swimming in the pool. I can't imagine Taylor Hawkins was too far behind him with the calories because you, you just watch him in the Foo Fighters doing a two, two and a half hour show and he's back there just hammering away. Um, it's impressive. It really, really is impressive. Uh, a lot of people commenting on the studio 666 thing. Yeah, I, you know, I haven't seen the film yet. I've been meaning to. Um, it's a weird thing. It's like a fun kind of Halloween-ish sort of uh, storyline where they're chasing this magical riff, the Foo Fighters, and in this haunted studio or something, and Dave Grohl winds up killing everybody in the band. Odd, obviously, giving the juxtaposition of what we know now about Taylor Hawkins, but I mean, geez, uh, tough, tough one. Um, John, I guess slated to go to his first Foo Fighters show in July. I won't even get to see one of his uh, favorite inspirational drummers play. Devastating. I mean, I don't know anybody that right now that's not completely and totally devastated. Up and down social media, people are just chiming in with their their condolences and their thoughts, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's shocking. You just don't expect this. You know, you just don't expect uh, to to get this news. You know, we just wrapped up 
a regular podcast and um i saw like somebody write something on twitter and i, I didn't even think twice about it because i was like oh it's, it's weird i mentioned the foo fighter drummer um and then it was robin he was like oh i'm tripping over the foo fighter drummer and i was just like gathering my stuff after the podcast and getting everything together i didn't even put two and two together and then i started to get some messages and you know that was it um let me show you around what people are saying of course i mentioned obviously nickelback before um you know these guys go way back i mean all all the nickelback jokes aside and everything else here uh in utter disbelief that the news of taylor hawkins our deepest condolences to his family his bandmates his team his friends and everyone that has ever touched uh has been touched by the music he created with the foo fighters and alanis and so many others this is so incredibly sad um i don't believe there's any reaction from alanis morissette as of yet uh, but obviously i just read for you at the top uh the foo fighters uh, message um who knows if alanis knows where she is if she's even had any sort of you know a moment to think or gather her thoughts this is obviously no criticism um but um you know just talking about what's going on right now obviously you can see alanis not reacting uh just yet uh mentioned steve al oh i'm sorry i thought i had uh steve albini uh steve albini obviously famed uh producer um up and down nirvana and all the great music that he's produced uh he wrote taylor hawkins was a terrific drummer with a gorgeous disposition seemed always to be having the time of his life i didn't know him well but i knew uh but i know music is lessened by his passing made duller and smaller um so that's uh some pretty kind words uh coming in from uh steve albini and um I want to say uh, Phineas uh, wrote something as well. Phineas, obviously, uh, Billy Eilish's uh, brother, but I uh, can't seem to find it. I don't know if he took it down. Let's see if Phineas has here. Um, so heartbroken to hear about Taylor Hawkins passing. What an incredible talent who didn't also need to be so kind and generous and cool, but was all those things too anyway. The world was so lucky to have his gifts for the time that it did rest in peace. That's uh, Phineas's thoughts right there. Um, again, if you're just joining us, uh, you know, appreciate you guys kind of sticking around. I'm kind of devastated and this helps uh, get through it just a little bit. Um, Beat my drum also pointing out that Taylor did most of the backup vocals um yeah i just incredibly talented again if if you're if you're just a moderate foo fighter fan and you were unaware he had a side project chevy metal which was just just outstanding wonderful um rock band you know cover band you know it's weird you're in the biggest rock band in the world and you start a cover band um but that is a testament of just to how fun this guy was like he just wanted to go out and have fun and if you go and listen to some of the Chevy metal stuff, it's awesome and it's amazing. And if you look at some of the latest Foo Fighters things that they've been doing, their latest record, um, the disco-y stuff, you know, covering the Bee Gees, all that kind of jazz, I really feel like that was born out of the Chevy metal stuff. That was born out of Taylor being like, I want to go do this and kind of play these fun songs and just 
have a goofy, fun old time. And uh, at a lot of shows, um, I don't know about Foo Fighter shows necessarily, maybe bigger fans than I can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but like at like um like festival gigs and things that they were playing, he would go out and do Chevy Metal first and then come back and do um, you know, Foo Fighters, come back and play Foo Fighter stuff. And um you know, people, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember when Dave Grohl fell off the stage? Uh, I forget where they were. I want to say it was somewhere in Europe, but Dave Grohl took a tumble off the stage, broke his ankle, couldn't continue, and he was, like, on the floor screaming in pain, and he was, like, begging Taylor to do Chevy Metal. Like, if you go back and you watch that clip, it's Dave Grohl just like, you got to do Chevy Metal, man. He got, he's just, like, screaming in pain. He's like, you got to do Chevy Metal because he felt so bad about leaving the audience without you know, without a show for that day. Um, and, uh, you know, Taylor would go and do things like that. He would do Chevy metal. He would come out a lot during Foo Fighter shows and take the lead on a lot of songs. There were some special songs that he did throughout the years that Foo Fighter fans, uh, became accustomed to. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, shocking, devastating news. Uh, Felipe here is going to watch their show on Sunday during Lollapalooza. Shock. I don't know anybody who's not shocked. Um, I've never seen the Foo Fighters uh, live. I'm trying to think. Uh, no, I've never seen the Foo Fighters live. Always on my bucket list. And again, like kind of another thing that just makes this shitty. Like you just think Foo Fighters are going to be like, I got 20 more years to see the Foo Fighters. Fuck. And I mean, I think they'll continue. Um, just gut instinct. I don't know if Dave Grohl can not do anything else, but I mean, it's shit. It's not going to be the same uh phil thanks for the comment he will be missed uh jagged little pill is an absolute classic let me tell you if you if you haven't seen it watch the alanis morissette documentary on hbo max it is amazing it is so good i mean having lived through that time um but being a, a, a bit younger than i am now it's called Music Box Jagged, and it is on uh, HBO Max. Um, I love watching documentaries on stuff where I lived through it, but I was just, I didn't, or wasn't paying attention to it, or again, like in this instance, I was just a little too young, but to go back and then see all the other side of things, like, you know, when you're just sitting there and you're just consuming stuff, you don't understand, you know, like it never dawned on me because when Jagged Little Pill came out, Alanis was older than me. And now that I'm old with two kids, you go back and you look at some of that stuff, footage of her performing and playing, and you realize, holy shit, she was like 19 or 20 or whatever she was. She was so young, and she had the entire music world on her back. Um, and she just, you know, she just produced this incredible album, and, you know, after kind of clawing at it and and fighting for years to kind of figure it out she just you know she got in the studio with uh what's his name the producer there uh glenn ballard and they wrote this whole record and they recorded it and put it together and it blew up and became this huge thing and then like i said it was like well what do we, we got to go out and tour and she needed a band and when she did you know Taylor Hawkins was the guy that she went to. And um, the uh, the thing that I remember in that uh, documentary, and I'm not 
I'm not really spoiling anything here, but you know, she they were talking about putting the band together, and you know, here she was, she was a young girl in the music industry, and obviously she dealt with some shitty things and people did some awful things to her. And she doesn't really go into too much detail, but there's enough there that you get the sense that, you know, when somebody doesn't want to talk about something, it's obviously shitty. Um, and then, you know, she winds up putting together this band and, you know, people gave her shit because they thought, well, here's this woman is this young girl, young lady, and she's just hitting huge. And she's going to put together a, a group with all females. And she puts together a band where she's the only female and it's all males. And then what wound up happening was, you know, all the guys in the band, Taylor included, wind up like, you know, they would be like handing out backstage passes to girls in the audience and trying to get girls to come backstage and doing what guys and girls do. And she did not appreciate that at all. And uh, Taylor, to his credit, told that story in the documentary. Um, and it just goes to show the the strength in their friendship early on, because when you're thrown into that situation, you know, when you're just tossed into, okay, now you're the biggest rock star in the world and you're just everywhere. Um, it's not an easy thing to go through. And I can say this, honestly, I do have a lot of experience in this with all my years in radio. I've been with bands as they've, you know, as they broke. Um, I can go up and down the list of bands that were in my office and serving pizza. And, you know, I always tell this famous story about the fray, the phrase massive, huge band Fray knocked on my office door on Long Island in the radio station. Like, Hey, we have pizza. Do you want to come hear us? And I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. And they're like, oh, we're a band. We're called The Fray. And I'm like, all right, you know, I got some paperwork to do, but I'll, you know, let me see what I could do. Um, not to sound like an asshole, but that's just kind of what happened. I mean, bands would come in and try and get radio stations to play them all the time back then when radio mattered. And um, that was one of those groups that did that. And um, I was with so many artists and they would, I would just be, you know, they would be huge art i can't even tell you the amount of artists that you know would be coming to do shows in town here on long island or in the hamptons and um you know they'd be running late and i'd be like hey you know they get to the theater and i was gonna bring them up on stage and i'm like i'm so sorry i was doing laundry <laughs> like you have a top 10 record the fuck you and like i know but we we're here tonight and then we're you know we're up in rhode island tomorrow and then we're up in montreal after that and then you know, and then, and it's not just, it's not the show they're doing that night. They're up, they're doing morning radio. Then they're doing daytime TV. Then they're doing the afternoon radio shows. Then they're doing the, the magazine interviews. And then they're doing sound check. And then they go back here to do this other thing. And then they go back and then they do the show that night. And then they're, and they're up and they're wired and they're in the van and they're driving to the next gig to get up and do shitty morning radio again the next morning. I mean, all these groups did that. And so when you go through that with somebody, you really form a bond. And that's what happened between Alanis and Taylor. And to see that kind of play out and to see him and the guys in the band do something like, you know, inviting the girls backstage, which was not Alanis' scene. Um, and they were doing it a lot of the times behind her back when she found out about it. She was not happy. She was not happy at all. Uh, and it's this wonderful moment in the documentary. And it, again, you can see the love between two people because although they disappointed her greatly, they were still had that bond there from, from what they were going through at that time together, you know, because that's what happens. You do form that bond. You're in that van or in her case bus, you know, you're forming that bond. It's you against the world, you know, 
you got another shitty interviewer and radio person and TV person just asking you the same old boring, blah, lame questions. And, and you only have the person next to you to look at and find that comfort and the solace. And I've seen it a thousand times. So when I saw that part in the documentary, it was just, um, even though, like I said, he and the rest of the guys in the band disappointed her, it was a, it was a lovely moment where they, uh, you know, they stuck together and they, uh, and they stuck it out. So, um, documentary is on, it's called music box jagged. It's actually a series of documentaries that HBO max is doing. That's where the music box names come, comes from. And, uh, jagged is the, um, is the uh is the name of the Alanis Morissette episode uh which by the way that she endorsed originally and then was upset by something I think the fact that they included her talking about some of the um run-ins that she had with older gentlemen during her younger years in music I don't know if she wanted that included because she doesn't really say much in it and I think the fact that they did include it upset her because she was behind the documentary and then stopped endorsing the documentary after that but i will say if you're a foo fighters fan you got to watch it because taylor is a big part of it not in the beginning it's mostly all about alanis but once they get to the point where she puts jagged little pill out there's a lot of taylor in the rest of it and then it really does kind of show you that side of him going off and choosing the foo fighters over alanis which was not easy for her to do it really was tough on her um, so I'm sure she is just as devastated as the rest of the guys in the uh, in the Foo Fighters. I think we're all devastated tonight. I think we're all completely, completely devastated. Uh, again, I'll toss it up on the screen one more time here. Uh, we'll read it out. Foo Fighters and family are devastated by the tragic and untimely loss of our beloved Taylor Hawkins. His musical spirit and infectious laughter will live with us. Uh, forever our hearts go out to his wife children and family and we ask that their privacy be treated with the utmost respect in this unimaginably difficult time um it completely is it completely is and i know we got a lot more people joining us here so i'll just uh, run it down again um, there's not a lot of information available as to what happened i'm sure everybody's going to be speculating about drugs and suicide and and this and that i mean this is coming off of you know, we've just been talking about the Bob Saget death and, you know, this idea of he banged his head on a on a bed frame. And, you know, I don't know how true that is, but it, you know, it's very similar as young in his 50s, unexpected, tragic. You think about Chris Cornell, you think about Chester Bennington, obviously different situations there. Uh, I'm sure we'll learn what the news is. Subscribe to our channel, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube whether you're watching on Spotify or one of the few podcasts that are available via video on Spotify, uh, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or TuneIn or, or on Spotify, anywhere, uh, subscribe to the channel. We're obviously going to update this. I'm a massive Foo Fighters fan, uh, devastated by this, completely, completely devastated by this. Uh, but for those just joining or, uh, you know, taking solace and hearing stuff over and over again. Uh, like I kind of get comfort in saying it over and over again. Uh, according to the Los Angeles Times, as I said, information limited at this time. But according to the Los Angeles Times, he was found dead in his hotel room. Foo Fighters were down in South America getting ready to play Lollapalooza and headline it on Sunday. Um, he was found dead in his hotel room in Bogota, 
Columbia. Uh, again, for those who don't know, not wanting to allude to anything, but he did struggle with drugs. He did suffer an overdose in 2001 from heroin. Um, and I honestly have not heard much uh, from him on that. I haven't heard many rumors or anything else or any sort of issues anywhere uh, with Taylor or the rest of the band. Not a big druggy band, by the way. Again, another thing about the Foo Fighters, you didn't really hear a lot about partying or drugs. Um, again, you want to talk about a great documentary, um, another HBO thing. I hope it's on HBO. Uh, but when the Foo Fighters went and recorded that record, uh, that highway record, they did an, an episode on every single song. And they did every single song in a different city, New Orleans and Seattle and Washington, D.C. And, you know, in some cases, like they uh, had the Preservation Hall Jazz Band join them in New Orleans. That was such a great fucking episode. Um but again, you just got to kind of see the behind the scenes of this of these groups in a lot of these documentaries. And that one was just absolutely tremendous. Um, you didn't see them party a lot, though. I mean, a couple of beers after playing that kind of thing. But they were the, one of those bands that they they, you know, brought their family around a lot, you know, and uh, when they recorded albums in Dave's home, they they had their family around them all the time you know they didn't they weren't big partiers uh sonic highways that's the documentary on hbo and the the album 2014 that was i i i'm gonna go back and see um i mean it looks like it's on apple tv you could buy it i don't know if it's on hbo anymore it aired originally on hbo it was so good Butch Vig produced the record. Um, Butch from the band Garbage, of course. Uh, very tight with uh, Dave and, and the Seattle guys. Um, but yeah, they went to like every single, they just went to all these different towns and every song was recorded in a different town. And then at the end of the episode, they played the song. And so that's kind of how they rolled out that record. And then they put the record out eventually uh, on traditional CD and God, I don't even know what was around then in 2014. I guess it was still iTunes. Um, I don't know if Spotify was all that the rage just yet. Uh, but anyway, they put the they put the record out, and uh, it was a it was a great record. Gary Clark Jr.'s on that record. Zach Brown is on that record. Preservation Hall Jazz Band's on that record. Ben Gibbard is on the Seattle. He did the Seattle one. Um, they played in in New York City and. Um, and then what was cool was uh, every studio they went to, it talked about the stu the room, it talked about the recording console. Um, they just talked about all this interesting stuff, and it's fascinating to watch. You know, it's absolutely fascinating to watch. Love that. Um, Dave Grohl had another great documentary. What was it? Uh, Sound City, maybe? I think it was called. I used to have such a great memory before I had kids. Uh, Sound City. Again, you want to, if you want to, I'm just kind of, I'm just talking off the top of my head now because uh, who wants to be alone with their own thoughts with the tragic news of Taylor Hawkins dying at 50. But um, watch this documentary, Sound City. It looks like it's on YouTube for free, which is awesome. It's on Pluto TV, Tubi, the Roku channel. So a couple of different options there. But again, 
um, Sound City, one of these great documentaries where Dave Grohl just gets super obsessed with this recording console and the Sound City Studios in Van Nuys, California. And he decides to like save this machine. And he goes into the studio and he just talks about all the wonderful records that were recorded in this studio um, and the sound that they get out of it and just just everything. And they recorded their record there and it was on reel to reel. And then they, they eventually took that console out. I think they put it into Dave Grohl's garage and they recorded a record on reel to reel. Um, and it was just, oh my God, it was so good. It was so friggin' good. That was a good one. There's a lot of great music documentaries uh, that kind of follow the same thing, um, you know, all around. There's great Motown, a huge Motown documentary that's on Showtime all the time. Uh, there's the one about uh, the guys down in the South there. Uh, it'll come to me. Anyway, uh, you know, forgive me. We just wrapped up a two and a half hour podcast. Now we're almost 40 minutes into talking about this tragic and sad news. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I'm seeing some people say it was in, in the, uh, our chat here that it was an overdose. I, I haven't seen that. Again, I can't, I, there's no reason to talk about anything. We're obviously going to learn what it was at some point. Uh, these things just don't remain quiet. Uh, but right now, um we don't we don't know anything we just don't know anything uh the fact that we know that he was in a hotel room is is kind of more than we had originally anticipated because nobody was really uh reporting that too widely um but uh we just happened to come across knowing somebody at the times and so that's how we we got that information so uh, but that's out there now at this point that's that's widely out there so um Everybody basically has that, but I just want to just check and make sure that uh, no new news has come up and it doesn't look like it. So, um, yeah, right now everybody is basically reporting uh, no further details. So we're going to stick with that as well because uh, there's not much else that we know um annette thank you for not talking about taylor's struggles it should be about the music taylor is awesome his musicianship um you know i don't i don't perhaps i'm 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 mistaken annette but i don't remember a ton i know he like i said i did mention the overdose in 2001 i know he did have some um but for the most part you know i didn't really hear that pop up all that often you know uh jen uh movie was fun if you are a fan others might not get it yeah studio 666 again i haven't seen it i saw the trailer kind of kooky but that's you know it, i think jen you nailed it that's if you're a fan you're gonna get it um because that's kind of the foo fighters you know they were always great at putting out these great records and these awesome songs uh but all their music videos were always kind of a little goofy and fun and quirky they really set the tone with the mentos thing you know which was laughable for years to come as everybody was you know i remember dave Grohl getting up and saying please stop throwing mentos at us at our shows you know um so yeah but they kind of set the tone with that and they always kind of had this little goofy fun uh side of them you know being pilots and all kinds of jazz and all the subsequent songs um there was always that kind of fun quirky goofy side to them and i think that shows up a lot in this kind of like horror slasher 
you know, fun, quirky, kitschy movie, Studio 666. Uh, Lisa, love his queen covers. Um, there are just, there are just so many. Um, if I, if I had to pick, which it's tough to do so, um, if you really, like, if you really want to get into Taylor Hawkins, um, I'm going to give you the song to, to, to where I think he just sounds fucking amazing it was one of those moments where i heard it and i was like fuck this guy could legit go off on his own he could pull a dave girl you know he could leave this band and go off and do his own thing and never look back um it was the if you go listen to the foof it's a it's an official foo fighters release uh it's called have a cigar it's originally a pink floyd tune but you listen to taylor sing on that track and again, like I said, when I heard that, I forget when that came out, it had to be in the mid 2000s at some point, but I heard that song and I was like, this isn't Dave Grohl singing on this. Who is this? And then I realized it was Taylor Hawkins. And I was like, oh my God, I, I said that day, I was like, this guy could leave the Foo Fighters and start his own band. It'd be just fine and be absolutely just fine. And I was kind of surprised that he never really did. I mean, I think that just speaks to the fact that he fucking loved to play the drums and he loved to be in the Foo Fighters. I, that's my only guess because he certainly didn't need them. Again, you listen to Have a Cigar, guy could have went off and done his own thing and never had to worry about anything else ever again. Um, but um, you listen to that track and you're just like, this guy could fucking sing, play drums. <laughs> you know, he's in fucking uh, Dave Grohl's band. But, you know, and like I said, he became the second mouthpiece, you know, it, 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 it really kind of rounded them out, which they needed because you, you didn't want to just be in Dave Grohl's band. You wanted to be in a band. And that's what the Foo Fighters uh, eventually became. You know, they were a full on band, not just Dave Grohl's thing. Um, him singing under pressure, certainly good. Yeah. He had a lot of concert faves and the crowd always went nuts. Right. Didn't they? When they would switch spots, when Taylor would come out and sing and Dave would go back and play drums. It was just one of those awesome, awesome things. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging with me during this sad, sad news. As I said, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, on Facebook. Follow us there, uh, Twitter, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are. However you're watching or listening, um, subscribe because uh the more we know here we're gonna we're, we'll bring it to you um obviously we're huge fans here so uh this is certainly devastating for everybody involved uh like i said share this around because i mean everybody's going to be able to get the news anywhere you'll be able to read it anywhere but it's kind of nice to come here share comments talk to each other interact with each other that's uh some of the specialness of what is the anthony on air podcast you are a part of that Obviously, Frank and uh, Janine not here with us, um, but obviously they're a big part of that too, and that's what makes this all a little bit easier to get through. Tricky and shitty times like this, coming off the news that Taylor Hawkins found dead in this hotel room at the age of 50. Certainly uh, sad to see him go. Uh, and like I said, stay with us, subscribe, um, follow us on Facebook, whatever, whatever your mode is, and um, we'll have more as, uh, as we get that information. And uh, most importantly, we'll be here to talk with one another.